Do you have enough self-control to resist any temptation? Can you become so spiritual that you don't have to deal with temptation anymore? And how can we win against the devil? You'll find out today on the Cross References Podcast. Welcome to the Cross References Podcast, where you learn how every small piece of the Bible tells one big story, and most importantly, how they all connect to the cross and Christ. Whether you're a newbie Christian or a veteran Bible reader, our goal is that God's Word will make more sense to you after every episode. This is Luke Taylor, and until very recently, I was serving as the youth pastor at my local church. I did that for nine years, and as the youth pastor, it was very important to me to tell the kids about Jesus at our services. You know, if you're, a, if you're in ministry, that's important to do every once in a while. Church was about God. It was about Jesus. But a few times a year, I would do a service that wasn't necessarily about Jesus, but about someone else that they needed to know about, and that is the devil. And I'd notice an interesting phenomenon whenever I would do a lesson on the devil. The kids seemed to not show up. And I don't mean that they were opposed to hearing warnings about Satan, because they never even knew what I was preaching until I started talking on Wednesday nights. They weren't avoiding the service intentionally. I just noticed that there would always be a suspicious number of absences on Wednesdays whenever we did a lesson about the tactics and deceptions of Satan. And what I mean by that is that kids would get sick, kids would get overwhelmed with homework or something else in life, and they would stay home. They'd be invited to go somewhere else that night. There were always excuses. And then those always ended up being the least attended services of the whole year. Kind of strange. And I never really thought it was an actual coincidence. I mean, it was it was always too consistent to simply be coincidence. I always believed, I believe, that the devil was pulling stuff behind the scenes to try to keep those kids out of church. Because, you know, he didn't want his schemes to be exposed. The devil likes to operate in the shadows, undetected. And he knew that I was going to shine a light on him, so he would try to get as few kids to hear it as possible. Satan does not want anyone to know what he's up to. You know, I like that Mark Twain quote. I think Mark Twain said it. He said, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. And, and it's, it's so profound to say, I don't think Mark Twain is even a Christian. He might have been an atheist. He's, he said that, you know, perhaps ironically to him. I don't think he even believed in the devil. But he made that, he made that profound quote one time, and it was about this modern rational age that we live in. Where most people, um, even if they believe in God, they don't want to say that they believe in the devil or in demons. They, they, they think it's all superstitious nonsense. And there's even Christians out there who supposedly believe the Bible who say that they don't believe in the devil. And yet to me, as I look around, it's never become more obvious that there's a devil out there working to throw a wrench into people's lives and to get them off the track that God has for them. And that's what I'd like to talk about today. I'd like to talk about the devil and how he operates. And I'd like to discuss five myths about temptation. Now you might say, what do you mean myths? Temptation is very real. I know it's real, but there's some misconceptions that Christians have about it and how the devil tempts us. And so let's go over those today and let's shine a light on what Satan is doing. In 
Luke 4, something happens to Jesus before he even began his ministry. Luke 4 begins, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. So right after Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist and filled with the Holy Spirit, he immediately ran out into the desert to fast for 40 days. And at this moment, the devil himself visits Jesus. Now, I'm sure Jesus was tempted his whole life by, by various things. But there was this significant moment here in Luke 4 where Jesus was tempted by a personal visitation of the devil himself. So listen, I mean, you can't really claim to be a Christian who, who, who says that you believe the Bible and that you believe in Jesus if you deny that the devil is a real spiritual being. I mean, he has a literal conversation with Jesus right here. He's a person, okay? There is a real devil, and he is out to ruin our lives, to destroy our soul. And he wants to lead us away from God and to reject God. And he wants, he wants to tempt us away from everything that God wants for our lives. You have an enemy that you can't even see who is trying to ruin your life. Now, I mean, we can cause our own problems too. We can't blame everything on the devil. But many Christians don't think about the fact that there's an entire army of demons out there trying to mess us up, trying to get us off the right path. I mean... The devil, the demons, they're real. And if they're not real, then the Bible's lying to us because it tells us a story right here where the devil literally shows up and talks to Jesus. And this brings us to myth number one. Myth number one is that God protects me so I don't have to worry about the devil. Well, as we read here, Jesus himself is not protected from the devil. In fact, the devil personally comes to Jesus to attack him. So you still have to be on guard against the devil, even if you're a Christian. I mean, if he would come after Jesus, he'll come after you. Because you weren't better than Jesus. Let me read that again. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. There are three observations, okay? Three myths about temptation that I can pull from that verse alone. And number one, again is that God protects me so I don't have to worry about the devil. That's a myth. You can't say, well, I'm a Christian. I went to church this week. I read my Bible today. So I don't have to worry about temptation. That would be wrong. We are never told that God protects us from temptation. The Bible constantly says the exact opposite, that we will certainly face temptation, that we will certainly fight the devil. Even Jesus had to worry about the devil. I mean, I don't mean worried that he was like anxious or scared, but I'm saying even Jesus was cautious and alert and on guard because he knew that a devil was out there. So Jesus was going to be ready for him. And the devil personally came to Jesus to tempt him. Now, I want to say something about that because to be honest, you know, there's a lot of people on this planet. There's a lot of Christians on this planet. The devil probably doesn't even know all of our names. Okay? I mean, just to be honest about that, to be realistic, I mean, I hope he's scared of us. <laughs> I hope he trembles when our feet hit the floor in the morning. But, but to be honest, there's, there's millions of Christians on the, on the planet. I don't think he even knows just about all of our names. There's so many people in this world, and, and you got to remember, the devil doesn't know everything. Okay? He's very smart. But he's not someone who can remember everything that's ever happened. Okay? He's not God. He's not omniscient. 
So probably the devil himself doesn't even actually know who you and I are, okay? But what he probably does have are demons after us. His, his demons, his, the fallen angels, okay? They are trying to mess with our lives. But the devil himself doesn't personally know us. So whenever I say the devil's after us, you know, I don't, if I'm being honest, if I want to be technical with my language, um, precise, the literal devil, the leader of all the fallen angels, probably doesn't know your name, probably doesn't know my name, okay? But when I say that, I mean the demons are after us to tempt us, okay? That they are doing the devil's bidding. So that's what that's what I mean whenever I say the devil, the devil's after us and stuff like that, okay? Now, in this story, you know, the devil is personally visiting Jesus because, of course, he knows who Jesus is, and he came after Jesus directly, okay? And the devil comes up against people, whether they are Christians or not. Now, he might especially go against Christians, but really... Only Christians can fight back against the devil. Only Christians can stand up to the devil and win. And that's because we have the Holy Spirit residing in us. And that leads us to myth number two. The more spiritual I am, the less temptation I will feel. That's a myth. That the more spiritual I am, the less temptation I will feel. We think that the holier we become, that the less we're going to have to worry about temptation. And I'm, I'm sorry to say that's not true at all. Just because you're a spiritual person, okay, in quotes, spiritual, just because you're a spiritual person, it doesn't mean that you aren't fighting temptation anymore. In fact, I think it's probably the opposite, that the more spiritual we become, the more we are going to recognize temptation, okay? It might feel like you're tempted more. Now, in reality, you're probably just more sensitive to it, but you're probably going to notice it more often. Like, look at Jesus here. It said in the verse that we read, full of the Holy Spirit, okay? He had just been baptized by John in the Jordan River. And right after that, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, he immediately goes out and gets tempted. And Jesus is the most spiritual, godly, perfect man who ever walked this earth. And the devil came and tempted him. So Jesus had to deal with this too. And he never gave in to temptation, but he still had to deal with the temptation, the urge to commit a sin. Uh, Hebrews 2, 17 and 18, it says, Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect. I mean, it's talking about Jesus right there. He was made just like us. He was subject to the same things that we are when it says his brothers. It's talking about us. When Jesus was on earth, he didn't have it easy just because he was God in human form. No, he let himself... He, he made himself walk this earth dealing with the same things that we all face, the same limitations, the same, the same temptations. He was human. Let me start that verse again. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Okay, so Jesus was tempted in all the things that we are. It said he suffered when tempted. He was made like us, and he dealt with the same temptations that we have. Now, if you think that you're just never tempted, okay, if you think, well, you know, that's not really something that happens to me. Here, here's what I'd say to you. Most likely, you're probably just not very sensitive to it, because you're tempted all the time. No matter how spiritual you are, you are tempted all the time. So if you're out there listening, you're like, well, I don't know. I don't really feel temptation. Well, most likely, you just aren't recognizing it. 
Okay, maybe, you know, hate to say it, maybe you're listening to the devil too much. You're letting him direct your thoughts and you can't tell the difference anymore between God's voice and his voice. So being more spiritual, it doesn't make you above being tempted. It makes you more sensitive to knowing whenever you're hearing not just God, but also whenever it's the devil talking. Okay, we want to get better at hearing God's voice, right? Well, also, the more the more spiritual you become, the more you have your mind renewed um, by the word of God and, and wash your mind. You aren't just going to be more sensitive to, to noticing God's voice. You'll notice when it's the devil talking. And sometimes I get down on myself because I, I feel like I'm constantly being tempted. I feel like I'm constantly on the verge of screwing up. And I, I asked God, for, well, as I said, I was a youth pastor for nine years. I would ask God all the time, why do you, why do you use me as the youth pastor? Why don't you use someone else who doesn't get tempted like I do? But then as I studied the Bible, I realized Jesus was tempted too. He constantly felt temptation. He was definitely more aware of temptation than I am. So he probably felt tempted more. The awareness of temptation is a good thing. It, it means that you're spiritually alert. And if you ever don't feel tempted anymore, it it probably indicates that something is wrong. Here's another myth I want to pull from that verse. Myth number three today. Temptation is sin. Now, that's a myth, okay? The myth is that temptation is sin. And I think that needs to be said because lots of Christians, especially young Christians, especially teens who are figuring out their Christian walk, um, the teens that I used to minister to, they would really get confused about the difference between temptation and sin. They often feel guilty and ashamed because they get tempted. And they think that they're doing something wrong because they're facing temptation. And I would, I say, I'm saying they because I would talk with teens who had this issue. I've had this issue a lot. There's probably a lot of adults who feel this way. A lot of people feel like they must be this really bad person because they're facing so much temptation. Let me just point out here. Temptation is not sin. You're not a bad person because you're tempted. Now, giving in to temptation is sin, right? Doing the thing that you're tempted to do, that's the sin. But feeling temptation is not. There's a difference, okay? I think some of you listening right now, you feel a spirit of condemnation because you struggle with temptation. And I want to free you of that right now. Because guess what? You're, you're only guilty of the times that you gave in to it. Whenever you have a temptation and, and you recognize it as a temptation and you say, oh, well, I shouldn't do that. That would be wrong. So I'm going to resist doing that. Well, that's a good sign because it means that you are aware of being tempted. Being tempted doesn't mean you're a sinner. It means that you're in the resistance. Okay, like in the newer Star Wars movies, the good guys are called the resistance. The bad guys, you know, they're the Empire or the First Order or whatever. The good guys who are standing against them, they are called the resistance because they're resisting this evil government. Well, guess what? There's a resistance that's been fighting the enemy for thousands of years, and you have joined that army. If you accept Christ as your savior, you are choosing a side in a war, a, a war that's been going on for millennia. But that means you now have the devil opposing you. Because, you know, before you're a Christian, the devil hates you, but you aren't really getting in his way. But once you become a Christian, well, now you are in his way. He'll come against you harder than before. You may feel more tempted than you did in the past, but that's because now he's your enemy. He's not your friend anymore. You're on his bad side, which is the right side of Satan to be on. But now you have a fight on your hands. 
So if you remember, I only read about a verse and a half so far, and we've already got through three of the myths. Now I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go ahead and read the rest of the story about Jesus and Satan and the wilderness, and then we'll go through a couple more of them. So starting back at verse, uh, but still in verse two of Luke four. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. <laughs> so, so that's probably the understatement of the century. Um, that after 40 days of not eating anything, Jesus was hungry. <laughs> my my uh, my wonderful in-laws, they were just challenged to do a 21 day fast at their church. And they ate like one meal a day for 21 days. And I mean, it was, you know, that was a hard thing to go through. I, was, I watched them go through it. It was, it's admirable that they were able to get through it because it's not easy. And, and here Jesus is, he ate nothing for basically twice as long. So he just went through a major ordeal. And the devil said to him, he's picking it back at verse three, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Okay, Jesus was quoting a Bible verse right here, by the way. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, to you, I will give all this authority and their glory for it has been delivered to me and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Okay, so Jesus again, quoting a Bible verse. Verse nine, and he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, Throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. So in case, in case it's unclear, the devil is telling Jesus here, oh, Well, hey, if you really are the Son of God, you know, why don't you just jump off this building and see if the angels will come catch you and, and try to make you fly or something. <laughs> it's, it's like he's trying to make Jesus show off or do, do something kind of crazy to reveal himself as the Son of God. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Okay, so once more, Jesus quoting the Bible, and then it ends, And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Now, I know we're doing myths about temptation today, but I just have to mention here an incredible truth about temptation, that we can resist it with the Word of God. I got to mention that before we go on, because it's clear here, the better you know your Bible, the more tools you're going to have at your disposal to resist the devil. For every temptation the devil had, Jesus had a verse to answer it. And then the devil just changed the subject. Because, you know, the devil, he has no argument against the power of God's word. So just a great truth right there regarding temptation. And here's another one that you can always resist temptation. This is a truth. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. So God says he will always give you the strength to resist temptation. You know, with God's help, you can always do it. He's always going to give you enough. And if you give in, you can't really blame anyone but yourself. Because God is going to help you. He'll give you the resources to overcome it. I remember sitting in church one time as a teen, and um, and my family was always late to church. So we always sat on the back row, which is actually where I think most people try to sit anyway. <laughs> you know, in church, everyone always tries to sit on the back row at church. But we actually had some fold-up chairs 
that were leaning against the wall at the church. And so we would always go and we would make a new back row behind the last pew. And that's where we would sit every service, <laughs> just on the fold up chairs. And, and anyway, I remember this one time, uh, there was like this other guy who came in late. And, and so he came and he sat by us in our makeshift pew. He, he was covered in tattoos, I remember, just up and down his arms. And so I'm sitting by him through the service. I glance over at them and he had this one on his arm. It said, the devil made me do it. Now, you know, I have no judgment on this guy because for all I know, I mean, he was a Christian and he regretted ever having that tattoo gotten in the first place. But I just think about that a lot. That visual of that man sitting there, it's always stuck with me. The devil made me do it. You know, when, when someone says that, it's an acknowledgement of having done wrong. But it's also trying to shift the blame for having done it. Like, I don't know if I'd ever heard that phrase before, um, but I heard, I've heard it since. You know, some people try to blame their problems on the devil, saying the devil made them do this or that. Well, the Bible says no. The devil tries to get you to do it, but only one person can make you do it. That's you. And God says he's not going to let you be tempted beyond your ability to say no to the devil. I mean, we're all tempted in different ways. And, and look at how Jesus was tempted, okay? He was turning, t- not, he didn't do this. He was tempted to turn stones to bread, to take control of the world, to throw yourself off a ledge to see if angels will catch you. I mean, have you ever been tempted to do any of those things? <laughs> I'd be surprised if you were, okay? I highly doubt anyone listening has ever been tempted in those ways that Jesus was, all right? So, so this brings us to myth number four, about temptation. Here's myth number four. There must be something wrong with me because the things I'm tempted with are way weirder than the things other people are tempted with. That's myth number four today. Now, we all have unique things that tempt us that other people aren't tempted by. Okay, some people are going to have greed temptations that other people don't struggle with. Some people have sexual temptations that other people don't struggle with. Some people have gossip temptations that other people don't struggle with. Some people have temptations to lie that other people don't struggle with. We all have our own personal demons. You know, that, that's a phrase we often use metaphorically, but I bet there's some literal truth to it. We have our personal temptations that we're going to struggle with maybe more than the next guy, and he has his own too, okay? And if you've heard about his, you might wonder why he has it. But we all have our own things that we struggle with. I have this one friend... Um, well, he passed away recently, but I had this friend named Andy and, and I remember a funny phrase that he used to say sometimes he'd say, I can resist anything except temptation. So listen, here's what I want to say. If you have temptations that feel weird to you, we have a word for that. It's called human. It's something that we all deal with because we are all human beings. And as that verse I read earlier said, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. So note that word right there, common. All right? And and here's the truth. Lots of people do feel the same temptations as you. They just don't talk about it. See, Satan likes to make us feel like we're all alone and that we're the only person struggling with something, that there's something wrong with you because you're struggling with this or that, and nobody else is struggling with it. Nobody else could even understand it. You know, it's like in the newest Star Wars movie. You know, I'm using some Star Wars references today. And in the newest Star Wars movie, which is by far the worst Star Wars movie ever made. And I keep saying that every time 
a new Star Wars movie comes out, like I keep saying, oh man, that was the worst one ever. And then they just keep outdoing themselves in awfulness. So like the last three Star Wars movie that they've made, they're like the worst three of all. And, and I hate to say that because I, I like the Star Wars films, but they just keep going. <laughs> I wish they would just stop because it just keeps going downhill. But anyway, in this last and the, and, and the worst one that they've made, there's there is this one line in it that is just kind of profound. And they just dropped this line in a few times about the bad guys, okay? Talking about the Empire. This is what they say. They win by making you think that you're alone. And I like that line because I feel like that's so pertinent to our own battles against Satan. I mean, it's, it's really pertinent to a lot of things we face in this culture. They win by making you feel like you're alone. You know, the devil tries to make you feel isolated. He wants you to feel like you're the only one who feels the way that you do, that everyone else is normal and that you're weird, but you aren't. There's power in going to someone and telling them what you're struggling with. And 90% of the time, that it's not going to make them think that you're weird, especially if you go to a spiritually mature person. They're going to understand that that everybody has their own things that they struggle with, and, and they probably won't, if you're talking to a spiritually mature person, they're not going to judge you. They'll pray for you. But also you're going to be surprised how often other people are also dealing with the same stuff that you're dealing with. And we can find great strength by asking for the help of fellow Christians in dealing with this stuff. And we can't do it alone. This leads me to myth number five. I can resist temptation by self-control. That is a myth. That's not what Jesus did. You know, maybe you're thinking, oh yeah, when I have temptation, I'll resist temptation by resolving to do the right thing. That's not what Jesus did. If you're thinking, oh, well, I'll just resist by self-control. That's not what Jesus did. Now, I love self-control. It's a great virtue in the life of a Christian. One time I literally did a nine-week summer series with the youth group on self-control. I mean, it's important in the life of a Christian. But guess what? Your self-control won't beat the devil. Now, maybe you're thinking, what are you talking about? That I can't use my own self-control. Well, the reason you can't use self-control is because of the first four letters. S-E-L-F. It comes from yourself. By definition, self-control comes from yourself. Relying on yourself. And you can't beat the devil by yourself. Even Jesus did not try to beat the devil by himself. Do you remember, what did he use? He used the Bible. He used God's word. And Jesus was God. But you got to remember, we've covered this. He limited himself when he was on this earth. He limited himself to being a man, to have the same limitations that you and I have. So he needed the same help that you and I need. Help from heaven. Help from his heavenly father. And he called on God for help when he was tempted. And he quoted scripture when he was tempted. You know, if you try to fight the devil without scripture and without the power of God in your life, it's like a soldier going into battle without a weapon. Okay? You're a soldier without a weapon if you think you can fight Satan without God. It's like you're trying to, to, it's like you're trying to win Fortnite with your battle axe whenever you try to fight Satan without God. All right. If you don't know what Fortnite is, you've probably heard of Fortnite. You've probably seen the Fortnite dances, but it is a it is a game. You know, you drop onto this island with a hundred other people, 
And um, first thing you want to do is go find a weapon. Now, everybody starts off with an axe, and your axe can do a few things, um, but it can't fight very well. You know, you might knock somebody once in a while with it. You might knock someone down, but generally, as soon as you land, you're trying to find an assault rifle or a shotgun, because if someone starts shooting at you on Fortnite, you want something that can give you a realistic chance of survival. And your Bible, that is your weapon in this fight, okay? And also, like in Fortnite, we are surrounded by weapons because you probably have a Bible in every room of your house somewhere. And you can get a Bible on your phone. It's free online. If you can listen to this podcast, whatever your format you're listening to it on, whatever program or whatever, you can get a Bible there too. The Bible has never been more accessible. And yet, I'd also say the Bible has never been more neglected than it is today. Why are Christians going into battle with the devil and not bringing their weapon? Why are Christians thinking they can win against Satan and live a victorious Christian life when they don't take their weapon with them into battle? We'll close down in a few minutes with a quick recap and some personal application of this chapter. And if you have a question on this chapter, just leave a comment or shoot us an email, crossreferencespodcast at gmail.com. I'd be happy to take questions or recommendations on what you'd like to hear us tackle in the future. And I'd be really glad, you know, if you were able to listen to this episode, um, I'm really glad to hear that, you know, kind of like what I said in the opening, that when I would preach on the devil to the youth group, somehow, for some reason, many kids would just not make it to church that night. And so that was something that I'd always try to pray against. And, and I'm a little concerned that this episode that you're listening to right now that it might not gain much traction, that the devil's going to do whatever he can to stop it. So let me just say again, if this episode, if it was helpful to you, please share it with a friend and, and help it to get out there. Because I believe this message today, it's something that can bless a lot of people and, and really bring a lot of clarity to their spiritual walk. Um, so help share the, help share it if you think it's something that could help someone else. Uh, next time on this podcast, we are going to be back in the book of Ezekiel. We're going to launch into chapter 12. And that's, a, that's starting a new section of Ezekiel that I'm really looking forward to covering. And then uh, two episodes from now, I would really like to do an episode about Galatians. I think I'm going to call it Why Galatians Was Written. If you don't know why Galatians was, was necessary, um, please tune into that episode. Because Galatians was one of Paul's most important letters. And I'm gonna be, it's one of my favorite books of the Bible. So I'm really looking forward to doing an episode on that. Uh, let's recap what we talked about today. We went through five myths about temptation. So let me give them to you again. And uh, remember, these are myths. Number one, God protects me so I don't have to worry about the devil. Myth number two, the more spiritual I am, the less temptation I will feel. Myth number three, temptation is sin. Because remember, temptation is not sin. It's doing what you're tempted to do. That's what the sin is. But just because you feel temptation, it doesn't mean you're sinning. And it's good, honestly, it's good when you feel temptation that you can, that you're being alert to it, that you're aware of it, because we're tempted all the time. And the problem is if we're not alert and aware about it. Uh, myth number four, there must be something wrong with me because the things I'm tempted with are way weirder than the things other people are tempted with. You know, we spent some time going through that. that that's a myth. Um, first of all, there's not something wrong with you. Just, you're just a human being. And two, 
we find if we talk to people and if we're honest with people, uh, you know, if you have someone safe to open up to, a lot of us deal with the same things and we just don't talk about them. But a lot of the temptations that other people are struggling with, same ones that you're struggling with. Now, we do have our own unique things. That's true. But a lot of it, there, there's, I mean, there's nothing that just one person's dealing with. There's someone else out there who's struggling with the same stuff that you are, okay? Might not be most people, but there's someone. There's lots of people, you know, for sure. So um, that's an important one. And then myth number five, I can resist temptation by self-control. That we need to do what Jesus said and learn scripture if we're going to be able to resist. Okay, the myth is that we can do it by self-control, if that wasn't clear. The myth is that we can resist by self-control. The truth is that we need to do what Jesus did and learn scripture if we're going to be able to resist the devil, especially whenever it comes to our weakest areas, because we all have weaknesses. And so on that last note, let me, let me just give some advice. If you have a particular temptation that you struggle with more than others, like a particular sin trap that you keep falling into, what you should do is find a Bible verse that deals with that issue and memorize it and quote it to yourself whenever temptation comes. Like I used to get sleepy a lot <laughs> in the in the afternoons at a job that I had. This was like a decade ago. Um, I just want to doze off and take a nap. And um, I, and I did do that a couple times. <laughs> it was probably like a post-lunch nap that I just want to take, you know, whenever your tummy's full, you get kind of drowsy, right? And I, and I didn't want to be drowsy at work. I wanted to be productive. It's not that my work was boring. I was just, I was just getting sleepy. And I was and really getting tempted to just like close my eyes and doze off. So I put this verse on a note card in front of me. And, and it was from Proverbs 6, where it says, A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a bandit, and want like an armed man. Now, I put that into my notes here for memory. I didn't even, I don't have to look up those verses because they are deep in my mind. They are dug in because I used to read those verses all the time, like a few, a few times a day for, for a long, for many days, I would read those verses. And, and I remember my boss one time, he praised me because he saw that I was putting Bible verses around my computer and, and he is a Christian too. So he's like, I, I can tell Luke is serious about studying scripture. You know, to be honest, I was just trying to stay awake whenever he wasn't looking. But um, but you know what? After I memorized that verse, I remember I wasn't having the problems with staying awake like I used to. So just as Jesus showed, if you give a Bible verse to the devil, he doesn't even have a counter argument to that. Right? He just changes the subject. And notice that last verse that we read today in our story from Luke 4. It said in verse 13, and when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. So the devil didn't just give up on Jesus. He said, I'll be back at an opportune time. Just like in Star Wars, you know, the Empire Strikes Back, okay? Just like Star Wars, there's always going to be a sequel. And it's always going to be worse, apparently. The devil is going to come back at an opportune time. Because he's vicious, Okay, he's not going to lay off of you if you're having a bad day. No, he's going to pick the times that you're the weakest to attack you. He had probably never came against Jesus telling him to turn stones into bread. I'm sure he had never even tried to tempt Jesus with that before until Jesus hadn't had anything to eat for 40 days. Okay, if you, if you haven't had anything to eat for 40 days and you have the power to turn stones into bread, I mean, I know what I'm doing, but Jesus... He was ready to handle it 
whenever temptation came his way. Jesus was always ready to deal with Satan. And that brings me to to one of the most annoying verses in the Bible, (laughs) which I'd like to close with today. Every time I read this, I look up to heaven, and I just have to ask why. It starts at Luke 22, 31, and um, this is this is Jesus speaking to his disciples right before he went to the cross. And he says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. So I told him to take a hike. So I told Satan, oh no, you can't have Simon. Go back home, Satan. No, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And I'm like, well, that's nice, Jesus, but but you're Jesus. You, you can snap your fingers and you can make the devil never bother me again. So why not just do that, right? But it's nice that you prayed for me. It's, it's nice that God would help me, but why not just make the devil leave me alone forever? Well, God allows Satan to exist and and roam on this planet because he wants to provide you a choice. Satan provides you a choice. You get a choice about who to follow. So that's why Satan's allowed to run around in the first place. I mean, that's why Satan was in the Garden of Eden. God was giving Adam and Eve a choice. And he gives you a choice. And he won't take away your choice. But Jesus is praying for you to make the right one. Jesus is rooting for you. He's up there in heaven right now. He's rooting for you to reject the devil. And here's the good news. That's how we win. Back at the beginning of the program, I asked you a question. How do you win against the devil? Well, you win every time you resist a temptation. So here's some good news. You can win every day. I can beat him every time I'm tempted to do something selfish, and I choose to be selfless. I can beat him every time he tries to make me lie, and I tell the truth. I can beat him every time someone makes me mad, and I respond kindly instead. And when I forgive them, oh, guess what? That makes the devil so mad at me, because he didn't win. You know, the bad news is, even Jesus had to deal with the devil. So we're gonna have to deal with the devil. The devil struck back against Jesus, and he'll strike back against us too. But the good news is that God will help you. Jesus said so to Simon. We can win every day. We don't just have a one-time victory over Satan whenever we got saved. We can have another victory over him every day. And hey, if you ever lose, just pick yourself up again. Try to do better tomorrow. Rely on God's power. Ask forgiveness. You get to fight again. And you can win against the devil every day. Thanks for listening to the Cross References Podcast. This has been Luke Taylor reminding you that we are the resistance.